Hello, hello, and welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Morgan Hancock. She is a commercial real estate agent, an entrepreneur, a U.S. Army veteran, a mother of two, a bourbonista, and a passionate advocate for the arts. She is a charismatic force who can completely capture a room, radiating positivity with a disarming demeanor and sharp sense of humor. Growing up as an only child in a small town, Morgan spent much of her time alone reading, writing, and creating. With an overactive imagination and natural talent, art became an early passion. Taking an atypical path to her current success, Morgan has never let her context stand in between the way of her ambition. She believes that art, like life, is only limited by your imagination, and it's up to you to create your own world. Morgan created Bourbon with a Heart as a way to leverage the influence and popularity of bourbon to raise funds, bring awareness, educate provide better access and deliver first-class arts experience to every person in Kentucky, regardless of age, race, class, gender, or ability. Everybody, please welcome Morgan. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to hear your story. So far, there's a lot under your belt. U.S. Army veteran, first of all, thank you so much for your service. Um, Tell us about your fearless female journey. Where did it all begin? Well, it has... It's certainly not been a, a straight line journey at all, as you can see. It's It's been all over the place. And, and what you said there wasn't even half of it. So I have taken a zigzag, crazy spiral road to get here. I guess starting when I was really young, I'd always been just a, attracted to anything, you know, creative, reading, writing, arts. So I just went into journalism, media. I was an editor in my campus paper. Then I had this crazy idea that I thought if I went to the military and then law school, that that would add up to me being able to be like a senator or congresswoman one day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I I always just was really uh, passionate about everything. So Mm -hmm. I guess it would be a way to say it. So I decided to join the military, got out, went to law school, then life kind of hit marriage, babies, and ended up quitting after my first year of law school. Then went into politics, then decided I wanted to be a counselor. So then I would get my master's in counseling. Do that for a little while. Then I decided didn't want to do that anymore. Then I decided I'm going to go <laughs> into advertising. Then I get, then I start advertising. Um, I do that for years. And I'm actually still heavily involved in that with the local lifestyle publication. And that led me to make so many connections, you know, within the community with business leaders and uh, activists and just the who's who, you know, of the community Mm -hmm. and met a lot, a lot of really talented artists. And I just realized more and more that while Kentucky is very well known across the globe for being a leader in the bourbon industry, People don't understand the rich and vibrant arts culture that we have here in, in Kentucky. So I thought maybe I could use that existing popularity and influence of bourbon to, to bring awareness to Kentucky's thriving arts culture. So none of that was connected, I know, but that's how my brain and life has has just worked yeah. to get here. There's so much, there's so much that you've done in your past and it like, 
talking about like all the things that you were interested in. And I loved how you were like a little butterfly, like I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that and staying positive throughout the entire, were you positive throughout the entire transition? Because there's a lot of people that feel like once they choose that, that's what they have to stick to for the rest of their life. And they're almost feeling the shame or guilt. Like if I go do something else, what is everyone going to say? Like, how was that for you? Like every time you would tell your parents or your (laughs) friends, well, now I'm doing this and now I'm doing that. That was very, uh, smart of you to bring up because yes that was definitely (laughs) it's an ongoing uh struggle for for me um but I've gotten to a point where I just almost fully accept it and that there's nothing wrong with with the fact that I have many 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 passions and that I pursue them and that I may pursue them temporarily uh and that there's nothing wrong with wrong with that um because yes i've struggled with that since i was very young of not wanting people to think well i'm a quitter or i'm aimless uh you know i have no direction because that's really not the case but it's just that i have a lot of different passions and i want to pursue a lot of different things and but yes family and friends they have struggled to understand it at times but they're getting to a point now also where they they're kind of embracing it too. Like maybe there is nothing wrong you know, wrong with this. Yeah, actually, I love that you are saying that there is nothing wrong with it because I think a lot of people need to explore all their passions and everything that excites their soul. I think um, so many people have been programmed to believe that once you pick something, that's what you're supposed to stick with. And then you do get that sense of what are people going to say about me? Am I failing? Did I not succeed? But if we constantly try to like etch ourselves into a box then we're missing out on the rest of this beautiful mosaic, which is called life, you know? And I love that you have been testing and trying and you're like, okay, this isn't for me and I'm going to try this. And, you know, because we only have one life. This isn't our practice life. We don't get to come back and do it all over again, you know? So I like that you're passionate and that you're excited about every single thing that you're doing and and you tried it out. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing in life where they're too scared to go and try it out and too scared to fail, and honestly, like failure teaches us so much. It teaches us what we don't want. Yeah, totally. And you know, my uh, ex-husband you, you used to say, um, you know, I've never seen anybody who can just lose so many times and never lose enthusiasm. I'm like, well, it's not that I lost. You know, I just realized that wasn't for me. You know, maybe, maybe there's reasons to ex-husband, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, right. But, you know, and also it's a it's a struggle when. When I do uh, have tried a lot of different ventures and gone down a lot of different roads, many of them actually have been successful. So it's not that, oh, I tried this and I couldn't do it or it didn't work out. They they do work out. And that almost sometimes poses an even bigger struggle because you're like, well, I've got so many ways I could go and they all would be successful, you know, but you can't do them all at the same time. So I think in some ways, if you if you try a lot of different things and they all succeed, it's almost harder than if they're not succeeding. Yeah, yeah but like in today's world, <laughs> that's one battle we have is just having so many options at our fingertips. Yeah, but I, I love it, though, because it really gives us that ability to use all of our facets. I don't think that we are just meant to be good at one thing. I think it's great that you're good at a lot of things and that you're incorporating everything that you're passionate about including arts. Yes, definitely. Kentucky is not the place that I think, oh, they have they have the all this art there. <laughs> right. And so the fact that you've decided, right, we do. We're, we're changing that. 
Yeah. Like the fact that you decided like, let's bring these two worlds together and let's open up this ability for people to express themselves. Because I think we all are creators at heart. We can create our own reality. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, Kentucky, just like what you said, when people think of Kentucky, they're definitely not thinking of this as the you know, center of arts and culture, but we really are. And that's what we're, I'm hoping to do. And I actually have visions of taking this kind of beyond Kentucky, but in a way that still brings the attention back to Kentucky. I have ideas of bourbon and Broadway, mm. bourbon and ballet, bourbon and well, bluegrass, that's obviously Kentucky. But, you know, I actually just did a interview with someone yesterday in New York and they, you know, bourbon is booming all over the world and New York is starting to get really interested in bourbon. So, you know, we could take this all over the globe, really. Yeah. And it gives people the ability to express their art. Like you said, Broadway, you don't have to feel like you have to go to New York. And a lot of people don't go to New York because a the money, the travel, they're too scared because they're going from a small town to a big town. And so they they kind of hide away their gifts. And so this is like a, a way for you to open up the stage, so to say, for people who can express themselves and they don't have to go all the way to New York. And maybe you never know, maybe there's somebody who's at a Kentucky bourbon show who's like, you know, a casting director for someone in L.A. So you never know how the everything always interconnects. And that's exactly what happened to you is like, even though you were flying like a little butterfly, tasting all these little uh, flowers and possibilities, you dreamed and you imagined this like uh, this place where you can connect everything that you're passionate about in one thing. And I think that's what bourbon with a heart is. It's like being able to connect all of the things that you're passionate about that you love and connecting it and creating something of your own. Sometimes when the thing that you want is not out there, which is what happened to me. Like I was telling my husband, I just want this. And he's like, why don't you just create it? And I'm like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> but now like three or four years into my business, it's like I've created what I'm passionate about and doing the things that I love to do. So I love it. More people need to be more open to being able to just create from the heart and do what they want and be, live passionately. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. Well, with Bourbon With Heart, the way that it actually kind of came about is I was literally just walking down the street, headed to an event and downtown Louisville, and I saw a trash can and I just, it was like, an ugly trash can in downtown Louisville. And <laughs> I thought, oh, that's an ugly trash can. Would it be cool if that was, you know, why can't we make these trash cans more artistic somehow? Um, they'd not be such eyesores all through the city. And then I just thought, well, what would be more Kentucky than making this a painted bourbon barrel? And we have in Kentucky, you know, kind of like New York has the apples and we have painted horses all through the city, um, which horses oh. are a you know, huge staple industry in Kentucky, but this would be so cool to have bourbon barrels all through the city this way and potentially, you know, replacing ugly trash cans. And <laughs> so I then, you know, kind of got on Google because I thought, well, surely this has been done. I mean, bourbon, surely someone's had this idea. I got on Google and I couldn't find like a even a bourbon barrel art exhibit, anything in Louisville, Kentucky. 
And I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, it's our you know number one industry and we're not utilizing it in this way at all. And so I just said, well, this has to happen. And so I think, you know, maybe we think like I did for a second. Oh, well, someone's probably already thought of that. Someone's already tried that or done that. And it turned out they hadn't. And so if I hadn't have just gone for it, someone else would have got to do this awesome idea instead of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it always reminds me of the book Big Magic um, by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the one that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she talks about in her book Big Magic that a lot of people would come up to her and said, that was my book, Eat, Pray, Love. Like <laughs> I was going to write that book. And I always think of like ideas and creativity is out in the ether and we're like computers. Like we either tap into that page on the internet, you know, or the universe. And so like, that was like your download that you got, like, this is what we should do. It's like, make these trash cans more beautiful and like, you know, represent Kentucky. And I think a lot of people think when they, they get these great ideas or these creative downloads, they think the same thoughts somebody's already done this or somebody else will do it, you know, when in reality you were chosen for a reason to get that download, you know, and some people actually do take action like you did. And sometimes if you're listening to this podcast and you get those like sparks of idea, those sparks of creativity, those downloads, then yes, you should definitely take the steps to see like, has this been done? Because before you like shove it away and think, no, some, you know, it's not for me. And then somebody else comes up with it and you're like, crap, that could have been my book or that could have been my idea or I should have started that. And when you think about it, I always think about this because I wanted to start, you know, a group for women that like inspired and empowered each other. And I know there's a ton of groups out there, but this is my group, you know, and it's different than every other group and everyone has space. Some people will connect with bourbon with a heart, right? And some people will connect with another place, but everyone should have a space where they feel comfortable, where they can be themselves, authentically them, be able to flourish and be creative. And so I love that you created that space, you know, because I'm sure even though you thought this was already happening in Kentucky, you're the first I've ever heard (laughs) of it actually bringing it all together, right? Yeah, well, and like I said, I was equally shocked, too, because uh, I thought, assume, of course, somebody's done this. But then when I realized nobody had, then, you know, I suddenly start panicking, like, oh, no, like, I got to hurry up and do this before anyone else does it. And I remember my fiance is like, if no one's thought of it all this time, I think you have a couple of weeks before you can, you know, get this going. <laughs> no, but, you know, I thought, oh, my God, someone's going to steal this idea. We have what's called the Kentucky Bourbon Trail here. And the start of the bourbon trail is called Fraser Kentucky History Museum. So when I thought, well, Mm. where would I put these bourbon barrels first to kind of bring this idea into the world? I thought, well, this place would make perfect sense. It's the start of the bourbon trail. And I approached them with almost nothing to show. I mean, other than I I, I put together like a couple little PowerPoints and printed them off. I spelled artist wrong, which I didn't realize until I handed all the everything out to everybody <laughs> and so that was embarrassing yeah. but they agreed to a call they agreed to have the meeting first of all yeah and then we had the meeting and they were like immediately on board you know no no hesitation and it's just kind of been like that since I mean every distillery I've asked for everyone I've asked to be involved has just jumped on and for somebody who's had a lot of ideas that have been met with resistance this is a new feeling of no resistance at all. So I don't know what that means, but I just know that sometimes you're not always going to have tons and tons of resistance to, you know, because we always tell people mm-hmm. like, 
you got to keep fighting and persevere. Don't take no for an answer. And, but sometimes you might have an idea that doesn't have any resistance either. Yeah. I love that. Seriously, because I always think about it this way. When, um, when something is going great, you don't have to swim up river. You know, you just go with the flow and the fact that everything was lining up and you had all these great ideas. It was like, it was like your own spiritual path of like, this is where I'm supposed to go. Like you have all these other ideas. And like you said, you've been met with resistance, but this one is like flowing in the direction because it was, was meant for you to create. And it brings so much, like you smile (laughs) about it. Just like you guys who are listening on the podcast, like you can't see, but her energy and like everything about it lights up her soul. And I could see that through that because it's different than when you were talking about going to law school. (laughs) That definitely did not light up your soul, you know? So you just have like all this enthusiasm, which then like that frequency and energy is transmuted to other people. So they feel that and they're like, yes, we're totally on board. Yeah. So then, so first, you know, when we jumped into this, I mean, I didn't know much. I didn't really know how it was going to go. I knew that I wanted it to be not just a for-profit business. I knew I wanted this to be community centered, uh, focused. So I knew I needed to get a 501c3 in order to, because I was, I knew I was going to have to get sponsors in order to have funds, you know, for this. So I knew in order to do that, I was going to have to be a nonprofit. So I went, I did my own paperwork, uh, everything for it. People had told me, oh, it's going to take six plus months. Somehow I, it got approved in like two weeks. The wow. yeah, tax exempt status, which that's what I mean. Like there's the no resistance. Even my CPA was like, that's unheard of. So I got approved and, you know, then just got on, started did the website myself. And I thought, well, we're gonna have to do an artist call. So all I did was make one little post on social media for artist call. And I mean, it was just crazy. The artists that we had pouring in, uh, we have had, we had over a hundred and 50 submissions of super talented artists, everyone from the famous, you know, artist who painted two of the past Woodford, Woodford Reserve bourbon bottles for the Kentucky Derby. That's a huge deal to be that Mm -hmm. artist to someone who's never sold a piece of art in their life and has just always loved it. And, you know, they're, they're a full-time nurse. So we had the artists that we have selected, we can only select 20 for this exhibit are from every walk of life. They're from age 18 to 65, from professional, you know, experience to very little professional experience. We have artists with multiple disabilities. We It's all across the board. Um, and it's just been so exciting. I mean, I've had to physically deliver these bourbon barrels to these artists to paint. <laughs> and the things you don't think about, like when you're just jumping into it, something you got to figure it out as you go. I, I didn't, anticipate well one they're 125 pounds and showing up at an artist's house to deliver the bourbon barrel and they are two flights of stairs up oh my gosh <laughs> but we've been, we've figured it out and it's all it's all working out and it's, it's been a blast yeah I love that I love that you said I figured it out as I went because a lot of people that's what stops them you know they get the idea mm-hmm. and then they're like oh my god it's overwhelming or it's going to be so hard or you know or if you'd rep- or if you present this beautiful idea to a friend and they automatically tell you you know, it's not going to work out or it's going to be too hard to get your 501c or whatever. Because I almost tried to start a a foundation and 
the first person I talked to was my accountant and they said, oh, that's so hard to do. It's so hard. And so I just stopped. And that's the thing with our brain is the moment we say it's hard or it's overwhelming or I can't, our brain shuts down and stops looking for solutions versus you're like, okay, I can figure this out. Everything can be figured out. And you did. And even though like earlier in the story, you said, you know, I, I, I created these PowerPoints and I even spelled artist wrong. You know what I mean? A lot of us wait to be perfect. Like, oh, I'm not a good writer or I can't spell or I, you know, I can't design or, you know, we come up with all these excuses when really that creative idea that was given to you as a download from the ether, from God, spirit, the divine, like it was meant for you and for you to just keep trying to figure it out. And we're in a time in our life where everything is so much easier to figure out (laughs) because we have the internet. You know, like you said, you just went on Google and it was like, how do I do this? And figured it out on your own. And now you have a nonprofit within what, two weeks, you said? Yes. Yeah. And exact same thing. I went to my CPA first and my attorney because I'm also a commercial real estate agent. Uh, that's another thing. So <laughs> I so I have these people. So I went to them and my because I asked, I just went to my CPA only to say, what would you charge to file this for me? Yeah. And she said, well, here's what it would cost, but I'm going to warn you, it's extremely backed up. It's going to take this long, you know, and then she said, you know, and you need to talk to the attorney because of the bylaws and all that, you know, I only handle, she only handles the financial side. The attorney needs to do all that. So I go to my attorney, he's taking like a week to get back to me, you know, and and so then I'm like, I can do this. So I literally go on irs.gov and they have a video, like almost like a cartoon tutorial of how to get tax exempt status and I sat there it's like 12 video series and watched it and did it and apparently did it right yeah (laughs) what's but see I love the way you you your enthusiasm if you're listening to this podcast listen to how she's talking it's I can do this I can figure this out it shouldn't be this hard you know what I mean like she's not using words like I can't or this is too hard or this is overwhelming like in her energy, everything about it, it's like, I can move forward. And when you when you have your brain and your mindset in that, in that realm of like positive attitude, anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. When you walk around with a negative mental attitude, you basically stop yourself dead in the tracks to figure out anything. Exactly. And this kind of comes back full circle to this being an arts-focused charity, because art, you know, I, I think that that's the perfect kind of manifestation of everything it is to be human. You know, we are only limited by our imagination. Mm-hmm. And so our, you know, like life, we take the tools that, that life gives us, but then we use our imagination to recreate that into whatever we want it to be. That's only limited by our imagination. So I I hope that, you know, these bourbon barrels in this bourbon barrel art exhibit, they're used, they're dirty they're dusty but you know they're going to be recreated into something absolutely beautiful and giving a whole second life that is going to you know the ripple effect of what it's going to do for the artist the funds that we raise are being donated to local nonprofits. one's education based one uh donates homeless uh blankets to the homeless you know the ripple effect of just taking this dusty old barrel and, and it being painted is you know going to be huge enormous yeah the fact that it came from you walking down the street and looking at a trash can 
<laughs> and seeing that it was an eyesore and then everything that has now come into fruition because of your one idea is incredible. And I think that whoever is listening, I hope this gives you the motivation and the inspiration that you can do anything you set your heart on, right? So as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom to the ladies who are listening right now? Oh, well, you actually just led perfectly into my nugget of wisdom because as you said, and as you can hear, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about making my community more beautiful, about giving these artists these opportunities. But at the end of the day, pure passion isn't going to get you necessarily where you need to be. So my my nugget of wisdom is you owe it to your passion. You owe it to your philosophy to then learn how to win, which means learning the business and technological skills that you need to actually operate in business. And to actually put your passion in your principles into action. Yes. Action is the key here. All right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, The Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram, at Fearless Female Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.